0: Yeah, well, Alana, <laughs> I've got several would-you-rather questions this week for oh, you.
1: Oh, you're on fire. I'm ready.
0: Lightning round. Okay, yeah. I don't want any stories. Okay, no I just stories. want like yes, uh, no, option A, option B, because right. I, I want to see if I can rattle out five. I will control myself. And this will be, you know, hopefully pretty uh, revelatory. Okay. Okay. Number one, would you rather be famous when you are alive and forgotten when you die, or unknown when you are alive but famous after you die? Oh, That's really hard. Mm, Three seconds.
1: (sighs) I'd like to make a lasting impact after I'm dead.
0: Great answer. Question number two. Would you rather your shirt to be always two sizes too big or one size too small?
1: Oh, dear. That's interesting. I think the one size too small maybe and then I would layer it.
0: That's always a good (laughs) caveat there. This is probably obvious, but would you rather live in the wilderness far, far from civilization or live on the streets of a city as a homeless person?
1: Oh, hmm. that's really hard. Forever,
0: both things? Mm-hmm.
1: Probably in the city, homeless.
0: Okay. Yep. This is this number four? This is number four. Would you—oh, this is so hard. Would you rather be alone for the rest of your life or always be surrounded by annoying people? <laughs>
1: I would always be surrounded by people.
0: Okay. And last but not least, very apropos, given that this is the Love Good Podcast, would you rather never use social media again or never again watch a movie or television show?
1: Oh, never use social media again. I love me a good movie.
0: That's a wrap, everybody. Alana Boudreaux, lightning round. Would you
1: rather? I nailed it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was hard. (laughs) Welcome to season two of the Love Good podcast, where you learn how to love what is good so you can become what you love and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons, a community of intentional consumers who curate music and books based on the transcendentals of beauty, truth, and goodness. Join us each week as we sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about media, culture, and what it means to be human. We're so happy you're here.
0: Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. Season two, episode 26. You probably know what that means. We just had Rebecca Ruby on last week. This is our very last episode of season two with Alana Boudreaux and one that I think is my favorite yet we end up talking about movies for a while like our favorite movies and why we like them so much which is interesting cuz obviously love good is mostly focused on music we do a little bit of publishing of books we commission some artwork we like designing apparel and other kind of merchandise curating coffee but let's be real the dream long term is to be doing it all anything that can bring about that transformation of culture through beauty that's what we're about and that will certainly one day include movies. So this was a really fun conversation, and we got into a particular idea about what it looks like to dream with our eyes wide open What does it really mean To live in this world With all of its disappointments With all of its limitations To recognize our own weaknesses And to still find joy To still chase after wild and crazy dreams And this actually reminds me so much Of that conversation we had About a month ago with Nick Fabian So it's a really cool follow-up to that A really cool way to close down Our last episode with Alana Boudreaux As my co-host Stay tuned, it's going to be amazing We'll be back in just a few moments no, you're not bad enough
2: not bad enough not bad enough to lose my love
0: Welcome back to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. Jimmy Mitchell here, your host with uh, Lana Boudreau.
1: Hi. Wow. This is the
0: last time you're going to be with me this season. Yeah. And what a joy it has been. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we've avoided talking about... This particular topic up until now, I'm like really eager to get your thoughts on The Greatest Showman, which sounds silly given that, you know, this is a springtime release. But I feel like that movie.
1: I also have not seen it. What?
0: Yeah. Did you think I had? I think I knew and I just didn't want to believe it was true. You did tell
1: me like a while ago that it would be in my top
0: five movies. Now, that was quite
1: a presumptuous thing. I remember thinking like, how would he know?
0: But But even before we jump in, I think it'd be nice to kind of keep it lighthearted. You know, last (laughs) co-hosted season, episode of the season. What are some of your favorite movies of all time? You mentioned like Les Mis, and I'm sure you're referring more to the book than yes. one of the many mm-hmm. movie versions of it. Right? Maybe you've seen that live on stage too. I don't know. But what are the mm. the movies specifically that I know your books? You know, I know your 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 best loved authors. I yeah. feel like I know yeah. most of your even like movie or uh, music. You know mm-hmm. preferences, but. Mm-hmm.
1: The movie question is funny. It's one of those questions whenever someone asks me. It's like I kind of blank. But the first one that came to mind was, "I love Dan in real life." Have what is that? that with Steve Carell?
0: I've never even heard of it, which probably <laughs> makes me sound dumb.
1: It's a, it's like a dramedy, mm. and it is. Oh, I just, I love that film. Um, What's it about? It's about this man who his wife has passed away, and he's in this point in his life. He has three daughters, and he's trying to figure out what it means to be a good dad. And and then it's just like a series of hilarious things hmm. happen to him where he falls in love with this beautiful woman. And, but then there's, you know, confusion strikes and there's drama and tension and hilarity. And it's just a quirky, quirky movie.
0: Would you say it's Love Good Standard?
1: Also a great soundtrack. Mm. I would say that it is. I'm not remembering anything in it that's like... Why is Sid Carell
0: always the dad these days? Is it just I, me?
1: I think there's something really trustworthy about him. There is. What is
0: that? I don't know. Because he's such a joker. Do you like The Office? You know, I'm not that guy who's obsessed. Yes or no? The quick answer define what you mean by, do I love it? Is that what you asked? How could you not like the I'm just saying that I don't watch much television. Does it make you laugh? It makes me laugh. I think it's one of these like cultural (laughs) things. Um, This is where I like, I'm either. Like a
1: generational thing? Like an age? Don't
0: even go there. I'm not (laughs) that much older than you. But I do think that. I have a hard time getting on board with trends sometimes. Aww. So as soon as that became popular, I was like,
1: ah, whatever. It's so
0: funny. Like, I, I only watch television shows that I don't know anybody who watches. Did I say that right? I only watch television shows that I'm pretty sure no one else watches, unless I force them to.
1: That sounds a little bit like snobbery.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes yeah, yeah. things
1: that are popular are legitimately really good.
0: I know. And I'm sure that's true of The Office. I've just closed oh, myself it's... off. Mostly, though, because <laughs> I don't like television. Okay. I don't watch shows. I don't,
1: I don't actually own a TV. I never watch. I mean, I'll watch Netflix now and then, mm. you know. But TV, I don't even remember the last time. Yeah. I ha- I've never actually personally owned one, come to
0: think of it. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think both of the ones <clears> that I have. Or left behind, left or behind. given to me, you know,
1: yeah. In the rapture, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So it'll never be like a dream of mine to have a seventy-inch television. Yeah, surround um, sound. Don't care. I, I'm
1: having a hard time thinking of other favorite movies, though. At the
0: moment, I mean, that's I love, love the
1: Lord of the Rings movies, obviously.
0: How about the Sandlot? I like
1: Gladiator. Tell me you love the Sandlot. Never seen the Sandlot.
0: Oh my goodness! Sorry. Never seen the Great Showman. Never seen Sandlot. <laughs> no. Gladiator is a good choice.
1: Yep, that's it. Wow. That's there's just something of those the themes in that movie, yep. very powerful.
0: I like uh, I like um, The Patriot. I feel like it's in that same category yeah. of, like, Gladiator yep. or Braveheart, but no yep. one ever talks about The Patriot. That's a good one. It's uh, really, like, yep. tragic and beautiful. And yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Lots of blood. Love blood. Quite,
1: it's quite—it's a—yeah, mm. it's intense here it and is. there.
0: It is. That's part of why I do like a lot of Mel Gibson films. You just feel like yeah. you're sort of catching a glimpse of mm-hmm. horror. Yeah. You know, that uh, is very real, even mm-hmm. if it's never going to be in your— lived experience.
1: Yeah. Oh, also A Quiet Place. I am obsessed with that movie. Okay, yeah, me I too. I love that movie.
0: I saw it like three times. Really? Which is weird because I don't wow. see any of these three times unless it's a great show. There was
1: a lot of symbolism in that movie. Mm-hmm. For me anyway, mm-hmm. I was just like mm-hmm. deeply moved. And I think if I had seen it before Coming a Mother, it would have meant something completely different to me. Mm. But now I was like, it's epic. It so moving. Yeah, like I agree. it's So well done.
0: Yeah, again, the father's love. I think I like a lot of movies where the, yeah. the love of a father is <clears> really <throat> on display. Right. Um, what about Walter? This Mitty? is us. This Have you us? seen This Is Us? Okay, this, no, the but third I've been season is pretty it. lame,
1: but the first two seasons on un- like why amazing. do people like it so much? I I think it's because of the father figure. Jack mm. Jack Parsons is it's
0: so interesting because
1: you know cynicism really is kind of in vogue and and parents I don't know both the mother and the father figures are often kind of depicted in not the best light
0: totally most dads are particularly like I- depicted kind of, like idiots kind of like idiots yeah, yeah but
1: this figure is unapologetically virtuous Wow and, and it's been so healing for me to watch him it's just like wow That's I, cool. I don't even know how to describe Jack Parsons is just I'm sorry Pearson uh, yeah absolutely in love with That's that cool. character. Yep. That's cool. Walter Mitty, I love that. I've never seen it, Secret but people Walt- keep, that's oh, like it's so one good. of those
0: Love Good Standard type yep. movies that people are always like, Jimmy, you need to see that. I
1: love Ben Stiller too. He's kind mm. of another one of those kind of kind of wacky Steve Carell kind of yeah. <laughs> vibe. I love him.
0: Yeah, yeah. He slips in between lots of different genres. Oh, would you have like a favorite genre of of movies? Like I would say mm. mostly if I had to categorize mine, it'd be like political dramas.
1: Which oh. sounds
0: really weird, I like psychological
1: actually. thrillers and, and dramedies.
0: Dramedies. You yes. want to laugh. I want to laugh and I want to cry. And I want to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tears. Precisely. Involved. Do you cry a lot while watching movies or television shows?
1: It definitely depends yeah. on the show and it depends mm. on if I'm alone or not.
0: This is okay. Uh-huh. And if you're not alone, you're less likely. Less likely. Mm. Yep. That's true for me too. Yeah. I do not like crying in front of people. I'm not too keen on it. <laughs> I mean, if
1: I'm comfortable with them, you know,
0: I'll let it out. But usually, do you think I'm a do you think I'm a crier?
1: I don't think I've ever seen you cry, but that well, doesn't no, really of course mean. Not.
0: Of course you're not. <laughs>
1: I would assume you probably cry when you need to. Yeah, I mean, you're a human being.
0: Right, right. Right. Yeah. Just be curious, like you know. I would think that most women cry and and have an easier time with it. Mm-hmm. This conversation just turned a corner. But, uh, (laughs) you know... I I find it very healing. I know a lot of men who just don't know how.
1: That's really interesting.
0: Or seemingly incapable, you know?
1: Why do you think that is? I don't know,
0: but I think that was me for a lot of life. Mm -hmm. And then maybe there was just enough encounters with beauty and suffering and brokenness and redemption to where I just kind of had a little bit more of a heart of flesh than I had a heart of stone. And, And I'd say that's like a little bit more my experience now that like i it doesn't even have to be a movie i just have moments mm-hmm. i've had oh i'm embarrassed to say this two in the last week mm-hmm. we're not even like well w- once the tears fell but the other time i just kind of got welled up and I, I don't know it's whenever i feel like i'm catching that little glimpse of what's yeah to come.
1: oh that happens to me like oh, i'm overwhelmed with yes I just feel filled.
0: That's it. it. For me, it's always that. It's yeah. always joy. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember the last time I cried out of sadness. Uh, maybe I was 10 and being, you know, whipped by a spoon or something. Oh, my word. I love you, Mom. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was a plastic spoon.
1: Okay. That's not so bad. No. Have no. you ever laughed so hard you cried?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't do that enough. I love that. that. has
1: happened to me quite a few times. Yeah, that's uh, a great
0: feeling, isn't I it? I love that. Yeah. Can you remember the last time— we- Something made you cry that laughed so hard, you laughs cried. so
1: hard that I yeah. cried. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, those
0: are the best experiences, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. And yeah. when you see somebody laugh like that for the first time, like that you've <sighs> known for a while, there's something so beautifully revealing when someone just belly laughs. <sighs> uh-huh. I don't know, it's just like yeah. genuine it's all yeah. yeah. It is, and yeah. it, it shows a, a certain amount of trust, I think, because you have yeah. to feel really not self conscious, right. you know, yeah. to, to laugh like that. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, really silly, yeah. <laughs> Huh, well, this is good. So, okay, we both like movies. It sounds like you'd rather mm-hmm. give up social media than movies. I totally agree with yeah, that. Because yep. mm-hmm. uh, there's actually something really artful, and I'd say it's mostly like the stories of great movies that I end up loving the most and being maybe most affected by. Side note, I'm sure some of you have made the mistake of listening to The Greatest Showman, Reimagined, which was uh, an album put out in the winter uh, of a bunch of, like, I don't know, top 40 radio superstars Mm -hmm. recreating these songs. And I think one of the reasons I hated it so much, like, really hated it, cannot listen to a single one of those songs for more than 30 seconds before I'm just, like, up a wall. Mm -hmm. I think it's because the story gets broken. Like, in other words, what I love about the soundtrack is what I love about the movie, which is to say I can't listen to one song isolated. Hmm. I have to almost every time listen to the entire thing. And if I'm listening to one song isolated, it's because I know the fuller story and I'm kind right. of re-embracing yeah. that moment in the fuller story. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'd like to what I'd like to do, Alana, is just think about what is this power of storytelling, especially in art, music, films, books. We know it's very obvious in books, especially mm-hmm. literature, mm-hmm. fiction, right? you know, a couple of years ago, a little bit less than that anyways, we we story branded Lovegood, which is a Donald Miller phenomenon, local entrepreneur who really is quite convinced that the storytelling principles of, you know, like old epics have something to tell us even about messaging and marketing for small businesses, Mm -hmm. right? That people want to be swept up in a story and they want to know their part in that story. And maybe this is where it's like me catching a glimpse of a part of a story that I want to one day live or have already lived or aspire towards, you know. Right. And suddenly so that's where I'm like deeply moved. You know, okay, maybe I actually just want to be PT Barnum. Right. Oh yeah. Which the, I know you haven't seen the movie, but you, you know he's velvet, sort of a brilliant velvet guy. top hat. Did you have a top hat? Oh I need Cape? a top hat. Monocle? And, yeah. Do you remember oh, monocle? oh no monocles that I can remember. Mm. Uh, maybe the banker. That's maybe there too was bad. a banker in the movie at some point who lent him all the money. They had a a monocle people, that that's like a how do you say it? It's a single glass. It's gla- just like a little
1: circular glass that you yeah. hold in your eye.
0: Why? So you can. It's not a magnifying glass.
1: No, it's just like on a chain and you and it's You, not a you, t- t- you t- use your uh, eyebrow to like clench it onto your face. But
0: why would you ever use it?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: They um, seem to be in vogue
1: for a while. But no.
0: Recently? No, a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, what I think right. of. Okay. So mm-hmm. um, this power of storytelling. I mean, I get swept up in this story because I do in some strange maybe even egotistical ways, (laughs) identify P.T. Barnum. He's a dreamer with his feet on the ground, Mm -hmm. you know. He's somebody who knew what love tasted like and almost let go of it and came back. He Mm -hmm. is a family man, but he's also like a deeply creative, risk-taking adventurer, you know. I resonate with all of those things at once, right? And I guess I wonder more and more, like, what are the, you know, what are the stories out there that, that do captivate people. Is that is that not what happens to me when I listen to, you know, Mumford and Sons' Delta, mm-hmm. their new album? You mm-hmm. know, I, I there are some songs that I love in isolation, but there's something about the experience of the entire album. The yeah. Gray Havens' "She Waits" that we released right. back in December to all of our patrons. Same kind of storytelling experience. I felt like i was being swept up in something yeah again it's this desire to be outside of myself mm-hmm. i suppose beyond myself
1: yeah and it's interesting like the the aspect of the universal and the particular mm. being at play there nice. where you are having a particular subjective response to what you're hearing and identifying with it I love but that. the fact that you can identify with it means there's something universal that appeals to you on a personal level. Yes. Like, that's huge, the idea of a universal appealing personally.
2: Mm.
0: You
1: know what I mean? That's, like, yep. mind-blowing. That's right.
0: And uh, I would say, yeah. as an artist, as a songwriter, this is something that you do particularly well. And, and we've chatted about this before, where, you know, we can get deeply personal without revealing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, details and right. circumstances. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's in not revealing details and circumstances sometimes that the personal can be made transcendent or kind of universal for others. Right? Yep. So this is the power of art or the power of good craftsmanship, Mm -hmm. you know, that there is a particularity, there is a personalism that overflows into this kind of, okay, this is what it means to be human, or this is what it means to be a dad, or this is what it means to be in love, or fill in the blank, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever Mm -hmm. art did for you in the moment, you know? Right, right. That's pretty cool. And I suppose that's where, okay, not to get too philosophical here, but, you know, we're always talking about the transcendentals here at Love Good. What does it mean for our lives to transcend? You know, for our lives to be a little, like, glimpse for others of what it means to be human, what it means mm-hmm. to live authentically and freely yeah. and fully and, and flourishingly. Right. Is that even? Yeah. Flourishingly. Ooh. I love how you use that phrase, human flourishing, right? Yes, yes. And when you, when you mm-hmm. see that, you want it. Right. You know, just like when I see P.T. Barnum, I think, ah, there's something there that I long for.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I feel like one important aspect of that would be knowing your own story, I mm. think, in a sense. Like, that sounds cheesy because it's it something... It doesn't
0: to me. really inspires <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> that's good. But it's like knowing what you've come from yeah. and what's behind you, both the good and the bad. Like, not just the bad. I feel like that's, that's a tendency to, especially when you're surrounded by other people's stories as conveyed through art or music, it can probably at times feel like, or maybe if you're not a songwriter, it might feel like, what have I got to, like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I feel we, we all fall into this trap of comparison and then it feels like it just casts a kind of a negative light on what we haven't accomplished, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. In the past, but I feel it, it's important to acknowledge the good as well, like how far you've come. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's huge. For me, it, it always makes my heart well with gratitude for that's one right. thing to be like, wow, like, There's been a lot of difficulty, but there's been so much goodness. Like Mm. there's just – life is just very rich, very Mm. immense. And it's like I I wouldn't trade any of it because of that. And it actually makes me think someone mentioned an analogy to me about referencing the past. It should be kind of the way you reference your rearview mirror when Mm. you're driving. Mm. You have to do that in order to know – what's behind you, even in order to know, like, who's coming behind It, it keeps you safe, in a mm. sense, to reference and, and just to be aware. But if you're always staring in the rearview mirror, you're going to have an accident up front because you're not going that's to be, right. you know what I mean, you're not going to be present to what's right in front of you, mm. which sounds, like, very simple, but to me it was a very powerful visual mm. of just, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of both and. So I feel like that's a very practical application of just owning that story. Um, knowing
0: where you've come from. Knowing and, where you've come and from. And kind of, like, without getting super— Modern, you know, mm-hmm. knowing where you want to be one day. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean by that is there's a sort of this growing movement. I see this a lot in like Instagram personalities, and yeah. you know, a lot of lifestyle brands, mm-hmm. and just a lot of self-help, self-motivational yeah. reading, yeah. where it's sort of like you can you can make your best life happen now. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, I I get what that's saying, and I get that you can be on a trajectory or or, or create a path that can make dreams come true. I get all that, right? But at the same time, there's like a certain like wonder and a certain awe and a certain abandonment that I want to preserve at the same time. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like to not only know your story, where you've come from, to have a grounding in that, to not get swept up or lost in it, Mm -hmm. uh, any more than we become obsessive about the future and try to control our circumstances to, quote-unquote, make our dreams come true. yeah. And yeah. I think that's this dreaming with eyes wide open. You know, mm-hmm. that again. Yeah. Hats off to uh, the songwriters of The Greatest Showman. It really is incredible. I got I look it. forward to the yeah. feedback I get from you one day on that. Yeah. But that's, that's a great line for me. Yeah. To dream and with eyes wide open.
1: What you mentioned there about the whole lifestyle thing of I don't know, I, I find it kind of a perplexing idea. This it's and it's really kind of being shoved in our face all the time that like your career should be Well, or basically every facet of your life should be fulfilling your wildest dreams right now. Like, that seems to be a push. And it's very self-sufficient. It's like, it's almost peddling off this idea of being addicted to just, it's all on you and you can do it. Just put yourself up by your bootstraps and... Live your best life now. You know Exhausting. what I mean? And some yeah. of it, some of that's good. I think some of the positivity there is like awesome. Mo- be motivated, be disciplined. All of that stuff is great. But I feel like it can also be a very, in some ways, a, a covert kind of narcissism if you're not careful. Mm. Like it's, and it makes me think I, I wouldn't want somebody who's like working at a, a desk job to feel like they've failed. Yeah, that's right. Because they're working a desk job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not it's not predicated on that. Your worth and your ability to engage reality as it is and to make a difference. It's just not predicated on what your job is Mm. or how glossy your Instagram is. Like (laughs) it sounds so simple, but it's like, I've got to remind myself of that too. It's like, yeah, there are elements in my life that I would change, but I, I firmly believe I have everything I need right here, right now to be who I was, I'm made to be, you know? And it's, I think it's an interior stance and, I think the less we obsess over ourselves, I think it gets easier. I don't know mm. if that makes sense. Like I have mm. found great freedom in becoming a mother and having a lot of responsibility kind of put on my shoulders counterintuitively. It's made my life richer. It's that. made me freer. And I think it's just given me this perspective, if mm. that makes sense. You know, like it's like, oh, there are a lot of things I used to put a lot of value in and my own aden- like my own identity in that just now I see them in a different light and a much freer light if that makes mm. sense yeah
0: yeah it's so cool and i really do hope that this conversation not just about movies that we love but specifically this uh entering into the story mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and to use a phrase from donna miller again to live your best story that you're right does sound kind of cheesy but it, it it does require like a vigilance an intentionality but also like an, an abandonment a surrendering yeah you know yeah that for me is like a bit of a paradox, but the source is so much of, of my joy. So, yeah. Alana, I have to say this has been the most enjoyable thing it's to sit great. down with you every other week
1: mm-hmm. for now,
0: I don't know, five, six months straight. Yeah, And to now kind of put the cap on season two. Thank it's you for a the great tremendous season. privilege
1: wow.
0: of being your co-host. It's
1: a ton of fun.
0: It's I love so doing good. this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess we'll just have to see where the months ahead lead us because we're going to have some really cool bonus episodes some really fun artist interviews. Season three will somehow in the, the fall of 2019 hit everybody. Hopefully. With, uh, yeah, a whole new kind of cast of beautiful people, beautiful ideas, continued conversations about media, culture, and the art of being human. Alana, thank you for being one of our guides here in this stretch. It's been a total joy. Yes, for
1: me too. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, everyone.
0: Until our next. (laughs) She can't fall
2: asleep. Heart is on the sleep waiting on a call. It never comes through. got their own set of troubles, everyone's got their own set of blues, everyone's got their own set of struggles, walk a mile in another man.
0: Y'all, thanks so much for tuning into the Love Good Podcast, for investing even your time, the gift of your time into our community of artists, our movement of young people, and of patrons who believe in the power of beauty to change the world. This is obviously the last episode, at least of the traditional season two format. We're going to have some really cool bonus episodes I wish I could tell you even now. Actually, maybe I'm just going to tell you and hope I don't get into too much trouble, We have some amazing partnerships coming up in the next six months with artists that you are going to freak out about, all right? One of them may or may not be Judah and the Lion. Their new album comes out in early May. Our patrons are going to get it first. <laughs> so anyways, lots of exciting things to be thinking about. And uh, if you don't know much about Love Good and you're just tuning in for the first time, check out lovegoodculture.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast so you never miss, especially the bonus episodes of The Coming months. Know that we love you guys. We believe you are the ones standing in the front lines building a better culture. You inspire the heck out of us. And uh, if we're not going to see you in the coming months... Come to us. Come see us in Nashville. We'll take you out for a cup of coffee, me and the apprentices, me and the team, something we love getting to meet you guys firsthand, in person, face-to-face. That's our favorite thing, and that's what we really believe. Culture is reborn. All right, guys, have an amazing rest of your spring. Stay tuned. When you least expect it, there's going to be a bonus episode coming your way. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Season 2 of the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Stay in touch on social media and be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. You can join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at lovegoodculture.com. Start enjoying our seasonal packages that will raise your standard for media and inspire you to build a better culture. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.